I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Once again, I am going to share a short devotion with you. I was really blessed by this, and I hope uh, you would too be blessed by this devotion. So, I am going to uh, primarily look at Exodus today, but we are going to start from uh, Genesis chapter twelve, and I'll connect it back to Exodus. Now, in Genesis chapter twelve, the Lord gives. a promise to abraham he says abraham and you remember this is the time when abraham was married but he didn't have a child but god promises abraham two things he promises land and he also promises him a family and uh, god tells abraham and promises in him in genesis 12:1 i will make you into a great nation and i will bless you so this was god's plan and purpose through abraham god chose abraham out of the several peoples of the world and god wanted to uh, make abraham into a nation and he wanted to reveal himself to this nation and through this nation reveal himself to the entire world which which eventually culminates in the person of jesus christ so the narrative starts here in genesis chapter 12 uh, now abraham while god tells him that uh, he calls him out from his own country asks him to go to a land that he is uh, not aware of and there he lives most of his life as a stranger there uh, he is more of a sojourner he doesn't own that land but the lord tells him in the fourth generation when his family finally grows into a nation that land will become their own and also abraham now someone who has no child will become a person who will be the source of a great nation called israel now after several years have passed from abraham we know that his son was isaac and then isaac's son was jacob and then we know that jacob had 12 sons one of them was uh, joseph and we know the story how from the land of canaan uh, abraham's family moved and eventually settled in egypt due to a famine and now we turn to the book of exodus and in chapter 1 i'm going to read from uh, verse 1 These are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt with Jacob each with his family and the name of the 12 sons are given I'm not going to read that The descendants of Jacob numbered 70 in all just 70 Joseph was already in Egypt now look at the narrative now Joseph and all his brothers and all the generation died but but the israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly and became exceedingly numerous so that the land was filled with them so what has happened when we turn to exodus chapter 1 and when we read verse 7 from abraham being a single man went on to have a child and not only he went on to have a child he went on to have a large family of 70 people who settled in egypt but after approximately 400 years god's promise was beginning to take place in the generation of abraham god's promise was this that abraham would one day become a nation 
and in verse 7 it says the israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly and the entire land was filled with them so the promise that abraham's family will one day become a nation is slowly beginning to come true in verse 7 now what was the next part of the promise the next part of the promise was uh, this nation israel had to go back to the land of canaan which the lord will give to them but the narrative takes an unfortunate turn here if you look at uh, the narrative especially in verse 8 it talks about a new king and the king of egypt was called pharaoh who did not know about joseph came to power in egypt and he was greatly disturbed by this multiplication of israel in egypt he was greatly disturbed and he thought if we allow the israelites to continue to grow like this they will become a great nation and if war breaks out they will join with our neighbors and they will take over our nation so he was very scared so he so he wanted to somehow uh, stand in opposition to the multiplication of abraham's family into a nation so he what did he do he imposed harsh labor on the israelites and he gave a very very important command to the hebrew midwives he tells in the hebrew midwives in exodus 115 that whenever a child is born to any hebrew woman that's an israelite woman allow the child to live with its a girl but with a boy throw him into the nile so basically pharaoh wanted to kill all the boys of israel he didn't want the population to further increase especially the men population who would be capable of war so he what what do we what do we where does the narrative take take its turn now we see an antithetical command from pharaoh pharaoh's command was antithetical to god's promise what was god's promise god's promise was to see israel multiply and become a nation but what was pharaoh's objective and what was his command to see israel diminish so that they don't become a nation so pharaoh's command was antithetical to god's promise now just imagine pharaoh was the most powerful person in egypt he was the king there is no way anybody could overrule a king's order so the narrative takes a turn where god's promise is in danger god's promise is in danger of being fulfilled there is a threat to the fulfillment of god's promise but what happens we see the midwives acting very cleverly with great wisdom they find a good reason to convince pharaoh of their innocence they simply go and tell pharaoh these hebrew midwives hebrew wives are not they very aggressive they give birth even before we could arrive and they safeguard their babies so we are unable to kill them of course that was not true the hebrew wives the hebrew midwives were protecting the hebrew women but and for protecting they would have been killed but somehow they were able to speak wisely and escape from pharaoh and because they that 
they in fact because they were faithful to god and to israel and merciful to the hebrew women the bible says in exodus chapter 1 verse 20 god was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous that means what happened pharaoh stood up to thwart god's promises pharaoh stood up and uh, stood up in opposition to the fulfillment of god's promises but through the midwives god ensured that his promise continued to be fulfilled in the generation of abraham israel did not diminish but they continued to multiply and the bible says they became even more numerous and then of course pharaoh then gets angry and he now calls all his people and uh, not just the midwives all the people people of egypt and also maybe israel and tells them his command to you know throw away every boy into the nile river but again the narrative then goes on to talk about moses another young boy who was allowed to float in nile but was rescued by god and uh, we know the rest of the story that moses becomes the great leader to take this nation of israel and go towards the land of canaan so dearly beloved what is it what is the point that we can take from this particular narrative that i just explained one thing becomes clear god gave a promise to multiply he wanted to see israel become a nation pharaoh gave a command and that command was antithetical he wanted to see israel diminish in numbers he didn't want to see in israel increase he was standing in opposition to god's command remember pharaoh in the ancient world's mind in according to the egyptian people was himself thought to be a god or a representative of god so it was uh, the scene was set as though it was israel's god yahweh that's the name of israel's god in hebrew israel's name israel's god yahweh versus the god of egypt pharaoh and the narrative tells us very clearly that god of israel yahweh the one true god who alone commands the cosmos who alone commands the universe who alone is the lord of all creation here showed to pharaoh and to everybody that his promise can never be thwarted maybe a very very powerful agent like pharaoh can always stand up and try to thwart god's promise he can try to destroy or uh, put away put an end to the plans of god maybe some great powers can rise up but the narrative very clearly tells us that in the end god overrules everything and makes sure that his promise gets fulfilled what and how can we apply this to our own lives today first i would like to speak from the context of the church today god's will for the church is to multiply and expand throughout this whole earth so that his glory his grace and his compassion is known to the whole world through our lord jesus christ and god's will is that everybody should come into his kingdom 
through a knowledge and the saving work of our Lord Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, we will definitely see the powers of this world rising up to stand against God's promise, to stand against God's plan. We will definitely see this happening. And there are times we get discouraged because when we see great powers acting in opposition to God's promise and plan of multiplying the church so that the entire world can be blessed and when we see great powers opposing that, we tend to get discouraged. But God is cheering us today. God is telling, don't worry, you might find great powers standing up against you, but no power can thwart my plans and my promises. I will surely have my plans and promises fulfilled through the church. The church will continue to multiply. So let's continue to cheerfully, joyfully, irrespective of the persecution or irrespective of the hurdles, continue to expand God's kingdom in and through our lives. The second aspect I would like to share is from the context of our own personal lives. God has a plan and he has promises to be fulfilled through our lives. Again, you might find powerful forces like Pharaoh, the powerful forces of this universe trying to stand up and thwart God's plans and purposes that he has for your life. But don't worry, you might find those forces to be very strong. But eventually, God's plan and purposes that He has for you in and through your life, He will surely fulfill it for you. So dearly beloved, cheer up. This is the word of edification that the Lord has for all of us. I hope you have enjoyed the uh, devotion. Uh, we will meet you. I will meet you again next time. See you then.